Welcome, this is ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. Episode 94. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? I could really use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? I could really use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. I play that song, Airplanes, because I'm trying to get a kind of musical feel, maybe a, a way to hit your heartstrings a little bit to, to kind of explain and, and to bounce off some of the emails that I've got recently and, and that some of you just feel like and you just believe that this is just wishful thinking, that you're just making a wish, that maybe you're just wishing that this will go away, that this, that this addiction will not control your life forever. And I'm telling you that it's more than wishful thinking. You can actually do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and please don't just shut me off when you hear that. Please have the courage to find out what that means. I pray that you do that. I pray that you do that. You pray that you understand and worked and, 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 and strived to understand, to, to pray. I pray that you pray and really under, try and get what it is, why you're stuck and why you're here. Because listen, it is possible. And I just get a lot of people, man, I get a lot of emails, I get a lot of people feeling like, uh, feeling like this. Here's some uh, skillet for you. The secret side of me, I never let you see. I keep it caged, but I can't control it. So stay away from me, the beast is ugly. I feel the rage and I just can't hold it. It's scratching on the walls, in the closet, in the halls. It comes away again, I can't control it. Hiding under the bed, in my body, in my head. Why won't somebody come and save me from this? Make it in. My name is Russ Shaw. Uh, my email address is russ at asi247.org. I'm on Facebook. You've heard that. Duh. <laughs> so if you want to go ahead and uh, start from the beginning of these shows, uh, it'll make a lot more sense if you go back to uh, episode 90. Start from there. Um, but uh, I wanted to do a review this week. Instead of getting into the fourth commandment, I'm going to do a review of the first three. A little bit of a review, just kind of a reminder um, more than that, uh, I wanted to also address some emails I've got and some of the, the attitudes and some of the temperatures, some of the heat that I feel uh, coming off of some of the listeners of the show. I wanted to address that as well. Um, love you guys. I'm glad you're listening today. I'm excited about doing the show today. Uh, I've just got so much to say, but I'm going to press it into a, a short amount of time. I am. I promise. Okay. Um, the big idea especially the first two commandments. Martin Luther said this, if you can do the first two commandments, the rest of them are uh, are easy, right? Okay, easy. That's that's if you if you do the first two commandments, you are self-aware um, of doing the rest of the commandments. If you understand worship, um, 
then the the rest of the do's and the and the sh you know the the ought to's the shoulds um, the the do's and the shalt nots okay um, become more natural. Uh, I started the show back in two thousand five, and I remember saying. Uh, some of the the attitude that I tried to to get across in, in those shows was you need a spiritual life um, like you don't have one so you need one and you need to replace this spiritual life with that spiritual life I'm going to agree with that to a certain extent but I'm also um, some of the stuff I've learned over the years is that it's not so much that you need a spiritual life it's that you already have one and that that what you're worshiping is causing you death. Um, that song "Monster" by Skillet. I love that song because it it shows a heart that that knows that um, it's a mess. Right. Step one: we admit we are powerless over our addiction and that our lives have become unmanageable. I think this is the most important of the 12 steps because it actually requires humility, right? I love that song because it also is showing that, hey, what I've been worshiping, what I've been giving my life over to, well, um, that's worship, right? Like we are, our bodies are living sacrifices that we are being slaughtered, right? All the day long. I know that's not positive thinking, but it is actually biblical, that we are lambs to the slaughter, that what we do in this life is we are just pouring out, um, that's the, the quote, the big thing that I want you to understand is this, that worship is um, spending your life, you're spending this emotional, uh, intellectual, this spiritual energy all the time, it's always pouring out of you, all the time, 24-7, that's what we do while we're here, and that, that we're always worshiping and that a spiritual life is um, from the perspective that we sit and where we're going to choose to worship today. I also love the one day at a time um, type of, of thought that is uh, kind of a way to extinguish anxiety, which is just take today and just worship out of today. Don't worry about the next five. You don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. Just today. Open your eyes and see today right uh, that is that is huge that is a point of worship and that's another thing that I want to talk about in the show and this reminder that one of the ways we spend our energy is to remind ourselves in relationship with God who we are where we are and, and and what we're doing right what are we pouring ourselves out if we don't like our behavior Changing it, it, it takes a heart level change. Like, I don't believe in diets, right? Like, dieting just doesn't work. I don't believe that the Christian life, okay, is, is I know this is wildly unpopular and a lot of people can have a problem with this, but I don't believe that the Christian life is like diet food, right? It's like eating tofu or, or something nasty or, you know, you got to do these things so you can live this life. And I, I just don't buy that. I think that. Ultimately, what comes pouring out of our hearts is gratitude um, over time. When we can, st that that's worship and getting over ourselves. That film, uh, where the wild things are, right? I love that film so much because it shows this childlike attitude versus childish. Childishness is kind of this selfish attitude. I'm like, mine. You wrap your hands around it. Just this is mine. I'm going to keep this. That's idolatry, right? We wrap our hands. Half of the the 
problems and issues we have of our lives is God loving us and prying out of our hands things that are destroying us, right? This is part of correspondence bias, and this is what I wanted to talk about just a little bit. Social psychology, um, Rob Willer at, uh, at Berkeley uh, teaching this class on social psychology, which really hit me, like, really uh, opened my eyes to a lot of stuff, illuminated some things for me. And it's not that I think that um, social psychology or psychology is the be-all, end-all of everything. But I do believe that, um, that some light can be shed on some of these attitudes and some of these heart-level things going on through psychology to kind of see level two, to help you see where you're at, right? Um, uh, correspondence bias is the tendency to as assume a correspondence between people's behaviors and attitudes. Perspectives on others of, on how I make sense of the situation, right? Here's another uh, definition from uh, Wicca, Psych Wiki, Wikipedia. Um, when people observe other people's behavior, they often attribute that behavior to dispositional traits rather than situational factors. That's from Artisan and Wilson and Ackert in 2007. The tendency for people to overemphasize personality-based explanations and underemphasize situational factors as known as correspondence bias. That's from Yakamoto and something Kitayama in 2002. These are some, uh, some other explanations. So that's correspondence bias, and why do I why do I bring that up? Because I think we correspond with our world, right? I talked about that red lizard analogy. We correspond with our addiction, and I think that if you're in the place that I was, if that's why you're really listening, then you have a certain orientation, okay? You, your heart has a certain orientation with the world around you. Um, I also wanted to read that because I talked about Romans 1, the last show a little bit, and talking about orientation, about our identity, about where we're at. It's one thing I love about uh, uh, life coaching and the education that I've, I've occurred doing the life coaching and checking into that was what I like about it over psychology or psychotherapy. So many psychotherapists are jumping out of psychotherapy too to get into life coaching, and I think it's because of this attitude and here it is um, you're in one place you don't like where you're at and you need to be in another place so how do we get there and I think that's uh, it's kind of like uh, the navigation system on your car if you have a, a mapping technology in your car you you type in an address and step by step the navigation system tells you how to get to that point um, that's the kind of the same idea as, as life coaching that I, I plan to get into someday. I'm just not ready quite yet. But that's that's the idea, right? That you don't like where you're at, so how getting out of that situation, how do you figure out how to do that? Um, part of it is that I think we just want to feel alive, right? I think that one of the, the ori part of our orientation, part of the thing about addicts that I like, people that are, you know, prone to addictive behavior, when I say addicts, uh, is that we're, we're fun, right? We just want to have fun. We just want to live life. We, a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of, you know, just that childlike kind of attitude. And sometimes it can get childish with that childlike attitude. But how? that's kind of it. I think that's what we're trying to recover back to, is to recover back to some innocence in childhood or to, to recover back to some part of our, our lives where we're just having fun. We're just living life. We're just willing to be. 
without all the guilt and all the shame and all the the horrible things that it, you know life brings at the challenges and the, you know or just live just be alive there's some good show Benji Madden. I'll tell you about these guys. These guys are uh, the brothers, identical twins that uh, started this band, Good Charlotte. Uh, the stories like that, like Nikki Six's story, these guys have, have achieved what a lot of people are chasing, right? You want to talk about correspondence bias. A lot of people are so chasing trying to correspond with their version of success, right? These guys have reached that. You want to talk about dreams coming true? And these guys are, are, are huge, right, in the, in the social world. They are looked at as literally idols to other people. Just knowing that you know someone who's famous like this, could you imagine how much tougher it would be uh, on, in life being these guys? Um, the, the twins uh, both uh, had their father leave them when they were 16 years old can cause a lot of jacked up stuff to go on. And adding success and wealth on top of that, man, I'll tell you what, it's just, it's it, these type of stories, I, I love them because they are what a lot of people aspire to. What a lot of people's version of, the world's version of success, yet these songs are so heartfelt and so real about what they're going through, even as successful, wealthy, famous people, right? I, I, I pray that you, what you correspond with in your heart, your orientation, right, your identity. Check this out. Here's the definition of orientation. Location or position relative to the points of a compass. The direction followed in the course of a trend, movement, or development. An adjustment or adaptation to a new environment situation custom or set of ideas your orientation right in introductory instruction concerning a new situation orientation from incoming students going to orientation if you're in college uh, Psychology, awareness of the objective world in relation to oneself. And that's what I want to, that's why I bring up correspondence bias, because you are in, in correspondence with your social world. And reviewing the last, um, the first two commandments, you have a dialogue and you have a communication uh, correspondence with your idols, right? With the things that you pour your heart into, you have a kind of relationship with them. That's why I bring up the Red Lizard story. If you haven't heard that story, go back and listen to episode 5. I bring that uh, story up uh, quite a few episodes because it's so important. I'm not going to bring it up today 
be redundant in that. But I think that it's very important that you understand your relationship and your orientation as it is with your addictions, with the things that are, are, are consuming in your life, sexuality what your sexuality is what what is it doing how is your relationship with it how is your orientation right with with your sexual life not just your sexual life but your ethical life the version of right and wrong okay but i love you guys i so want you to get this that you do have a continual dialogue going with your made god right now that's why I want you to understand this deep spiritual life because it's deeper than just your head. I want you to get out of your head and into your heart. If you've been stuck with this for years, if you if you're just getting into it, man, let me save you a lot of time. Trying to fix it in your head is not going to work long term. You have to get it into your heart. You have to know why you're doing it. You got to know why. Um, focalism is another cool thing in social psychology, which um, is defined by the tendency to overestimate what we are focused on, what we're focused on, right? Um, like it's out there. Here's the huge thing that most Christians do, most Christians do, um, if you're not Christian, if you're just new to the faith, um, trying to understand this, uh, let me save you years of, of guilt-ridden horribleness, okay? Um, Sin is not out there, okay? Sin is not something that's out there. It is, but for the most part, how we repent of sin, how we change and learn to grow in the way God set up the world to just be, okay? That's the definition of sin, is that we break, we fracture, we we um, we break down the, the way that things are supposed to set up to be, like this rhythm that God put to the world, that we break that, that's sin. Um, the way we repent, the way we change that, is is to look at look what's flowing out of us, to look and see what we're worshiping, to understand those first two commandments, and to say that this is all flowing out of me. Okay, sin is not out there. All right, there's so much effort and so much energy is spent on trying to you know uh, inform people about what's out there and the dirtiness and the badness about what's out there, and, and I agree with some of that, but for the most part, the focus in, in recovery, in um, repentance, has to be on what is flowing out of me. That I choose to sin. That I choose to make... That nobody makes me do anything. Right? That's a huge myth. People can flat, plant fertile soil um, to have you react in a certain way, but nobody makes you do anything. Can I just reiterate that? No one makes you. Okay? No one makes you do anything. Stop! Take that out of your, your vocabulary. You're making me so mad. Um, stuff like that. Try and watch yours. Do you say that? That makes me so frustrated. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. You've learned a way to react. You've learned a habit of reacting. It doesn't make you. Nobody makes you anything. They can plant fertile soil for that that anger to grow, but ultimately, uh, we choose what comes flowing out of us, the energies that come flowing out of us. Those take time to break down and those are habits, but we choose that energy. It just comes flowing out of us all the time, right? What it, whatever it is, that's our life. Changing it is not just, I mean, it, it can be, but for the most part, most of us are varsity disciplined enough to just, oh, I'm just going to, 
put a new tape in the tape deck and change it that no come on our relationship with God going back to uh, correspondence bias your correspondence with God can be dark if you come from a religious background I I'm sorry man I I, I get that I love you um, God is not a mean father uh, God is not does not hate you God is lovingly pursuing you and calling you to himself you're you're not listening to this podcast um, by mistake that there, there is a reason for everything w a song that really hit me was this song by uh, 6am it's called pray for me um, talking about recovery and talking about just looking into Nikki Six's life I I believe through through this book he wrote the heroin diaries and through his recovery and his relationship with God and this shows this song it really shows a um it really shows a jacked up relationship with God and a misunderstanding of how we see God and I think a lot of us feel this way and I felt this way that please pray for me cuz I don't want to Please pray for me. Like, you go to dad for me. Because I think dad hates me. Okay? I think dad is done with me. I think that me and dad don't have this great relationship. I'm mad at dad. Right? That was me too. I'm mad at dad. You go talk to dad for me. You pray for me. And I, I want to be prayed for. I don't know if I, I've ever met anyone that didn't want to be prayed for. Can I pray for you? Most people go, yeah. Man, please pray for me. So we have that. Like, yeah, go go talk to Dad for me. I, I think he's just done, man. I think he's done with me. I think he's just pissed off, and he's done with Rush Shaw. He doesn't want to talk to me. Nothing could be further from the truth. But we get, we feel that. That's what. That's how we feel. That's how we, our our attitudes, our emotions correspond with this concept of God. Maybe I'm so evil that he wants to knock me down, hit me with a stick in his hand, and I'm. A, I'm afraid. I'm scared of God. I think there's a healthy fear of God, but that's not it. If we run from God instead of to Him, then we're falling for religion, right? We're 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 being we're believing a lie. That's kind of getting ahead of myself in the commandments, but believing lies is is the main problem with with all of us. We believe lies. I talked about Romans two in the last few shows about um that. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, right? It's God's kindness and love that, that leads us to heart change. Um, the scripture I want to talk about today was 2 Corinthians 7.10. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Um, worldly sorrow, in some translations, is, is the word. Um, that is so true you know leads to salvation without regret like god's not after your begrudging submission do you realize that that living this life is not like trying to eat diet food right like here here's a box of shag rug you know you eat that and you'll lose weight i mean stuff like that it's, it's not that god's not after your begrudging submission he's after your long-term joy because he loves you right worldly grief Worldly sorrow um, leads to death. Worldly sorrow is that. It's that, you know, pray for me. I don't think God wants to talk to me. And, and we can be such a big influence in just praying for people, man. I, I tell you what. 
Don't think that you have to just go and save people if you're a Christian. It's just pray for people. Say, hey, can I pray for you? Stuff like that. Um, our our relationship with God, it, it, Jesus pays the price. I, I've said that so many times that Jesus takes our, our sin. I, I'm going to leave um, the show with this. Uh, here's my blog post that I, I left on uh, Teens Against Porn. A guy uh, talking, asking about religion. Um, here was my response. I believe in Jesus because I've seen the selfish self-absorbedness in religion. I don't know if self-absorbedness is a, actually a word, but uh, I don't know. I, I threw it in there anyway. Um, in my own life and in others, I've seen this selfish self-absorbedness. Um, here's four reasons I love Jesus and I reject religion. Number one, religious is, religion is all about what I do. God demonstrates his love through Jesus. God did it, gifted righteousness to me, and I get to receive it. Um, there's three scriptures on, on all of this. It's Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, Galatians 2.15, and Ephesians 2.8. If you want to look those up, write those down. Pause it, rewind it. Look those up. That's <laughs> good stuff. Um, anyway, number two, religion is about me scoring browning points with God. God desires my heart, not my do's and don'ts. He loves me in relationship. It's me putting down my stuff, hands empty, and reaching for him. Putting down all my shoulds and ought tos, just laying them on the ground and, and reaching for Him with empty hands, coming to God. That's relationship over religion. Number three, religion ends in worldly guilt or pride. It's all about Jesus. I'm being transformed from the inside out through Him, that it takes time and trusting and pressing Him to Him as my Savior and not myself. Not shoving in from the outside books and, and head knowledge and religious shoulds and ought tos. Like I could live up to some whittled down version of the law and feel proud of that. Or, I can't, man, I can't do this. I, I just can't. Woe is me. I'm a terrible person. I'm a monster. I'm horrible. And you just quit on, on the whole thing altogether live out your life like a boat floating around with no rudder out in the ocean just being tossed around by the winds and usually ending up crashing on the rocks eventually it's giving up on, on our faith number four religion says you can if you can obey do this mantra uh, find enlightenment if you can just be a winner right? then I will love you how evil is that God is a loving Father and says, I already love you. Come to me. I love you so much. Taste and see that the Lord is good and you can trust him. When you can trust him, when I, when I can trust when I can finally go, okay, I, I can trust you. I'll, I'll trust you. Then you can see Jesus. It's taken time, but now I can trust without resentment and without works-motivated reasoning, I can obey. That's God's love changing me, changing you from the inside out, right? It's just it's a heart level change that takes place, that comes through the heart, that flows through the heart and comes out of us in, in our behavior.
That's shedding your addiction like a dog sheds hair, like I talked about uh, a few episodes ago. Something I, I stole from the men's conference. Um, one of the guys said, the worldly guilt, just all it does is produce more guilt, more death, more hatred, no more woe is me, more focused on self, right? More navel gazing, looking at me and what a horrible person I am. Look at the cross. It's getting out of ourselves and looking at the cross. What? How did God demonstrate his love for you? Look at the cross. John 3.16, God loved the world, for God loved the world. He gave. And we get it, you get to receive it. That's Ephesians 2, 8, that, that it's a gift. So no man may boast. We receive our salvation as a gift. It's not by, by, uh, via works. It's not via works. So no one can boast. Only through Jesus. Only for who God did. Only through what the price he paid. And obedience and right Christian ethics come from understanding that love in the heart. Grace can also be a religious thing, like, oh, I got grace, I can do whatever I want. It's kind of like going to your wedding and saying your vows, uh, you know, in sickness and in health, um, till death do we part. Do, do you do that? Do you fall deeply in love and then look at your spouse and go, can I go get a girlfriend now? Huh? Can I? As you said, from death to, until death do we part. So can I go you know, hurt you horribly because I want what I want. No. So, so grace, you know, uh, there's a, was it Romans six? Paul says that if it, it, should we sin all the more so that grace may abound? No. If you do that, you don't understand grace, right? Does that make sense? That we're brides of Christ. The Bible says that we, we love him and that, you know, that, that anger that comes from God is, is like adultery. It's like that. And there's, there's books of the Bible, whole books written about that. Some of them have some pretty frank language, right? That we're, you know, we're, we're broken and, and God loves us anyway. And that's the message of the gospel. That's the message of the good news. Yeah, we're hypocrites. Well, Christians are hypocrites. I know. I know I'm a hypocrite. It, it, you, so are you. Everyone is to a certain degree. We all end up, if we're honest with ourselves and look at our lives, we all see where we become what we hate. We have become what we hate. And God loves us anyway. How great is this God that he loves hypocrites, that he loves us? How great is he? That's what worship comes from. It comes pouring out of his, the songs, you know, you just, oh my God, God loves me. That is amazing. I mean, it's maybe the biggest thing that you could understand. The biggest thing that you can uh, that you can get is that God actually loves you, and He loves your neighbor, and He loves the women that are in the porn movies, your sisters, right? He loves them too, and He doesn't want us to destroy ourselves, and He doesn't want us to destroy our sisters or our brothers, ladies. That he loves us that much. And he continues to love us. I wanted to end the, the show on this. Um, Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Do you, do you see? Do you see that the Lord is good? Or do you think it's about religion? 
do you see that the Lord, that Jesus is good, or, or is it still about rulemaking and, and you feeling horrible when you fall? Are you afraid that he's not good because of your past, because of some of the things that may have happened to you, because you may be a victim of, of certain things? And I get that. I was horrifically sexually abused as a kid on more than one different occasion, all right? Which is way more than, than anyone should ever endure. And I had a lot of a lot of uh, anger towards God in that, to be honest with you. And I had to work that out through with God. And you may have to work out your relationship with God and, and your hurts and your pains and your um, the hand you were dealt, right, in life when you were born and, and the family you came through. So I know that I, uh, I brought up a lot of stuff, right? I, I talked about a lot of deeper issues and I pray that I know that for some of you are going to disagree. Some of you are going to have some discord with me. Some of you are going to have an issue with some of the stuff I said. Listen, it's Russ at ASI247.org. Please don't just fight this on your own. Don't let your correspondence bias take over and not have a dialogue about this. Please, I pray that you can stop dialoguing with yourself, okay? That because of some, that's, that's that correspondence bias. I pray that you would correspond with me and have the courage to bounce some of that stuff off of me if you disagree. I just pray that you would do that. Or the blogs, purityreport.com, uh, teens against porn, Dot com the the blogs that are out there um, just please I pray that you talk about it I pray that you talk about it Triple X Church has great blogs on my website asi247.org I pray that you talk about it okay don't let it sit inside you because it grows what the things you think and the words that come out of your mouth the stuff that comes flowing out of you is seeds and all that stuff just grows more crops in the future. Again, I love you guys. Please, don't keep this inside you. Talk about it with somebody. If it's not me, it's, please, I pray that you talk about it with somebody. And I pray that you, you see. I, 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 anything, I pray that you see. You open your eyes and you see. There's that line from The Matrix where Neo wakes up and, and he opens it. Why do my eyes hurt so bad? And Morpheus says, because you've never used them before, that the Lord is good. Taste and see. And you share that because it's just, it tastes so good. I love Jesus. And, I, and the only way I could love him the way I love him is that he is real and his relationship with me that has flowed through my heart. I love you guys. I'm leaving you with a song by Decipher Down is the name of the band. It's called No Longer. Till next time. Till next week. Love you guys. Bye. I never knew just what to do when it came to life and all its promises. I always heard every word that came along the way. Now I know that what I sow will always be the way things really Fight these feelings, they're still really No longer
What was